Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Thursday, March 4th, 2021. Kept you waiting, huh? Uh, your host is myself, Lee and Reed. Hi. And we are in the flesh. Two breathing bodies in an office that is mostly empty uh, because some construction is taking place, which I have not seen. I have not been here since they've begun that. No, I thought you were about to say uh, two bodies melded together like a bomb. <laughs> so, it's, uh, so it's a bit echoey in here. So here we are doing a podcast in person that will likely sound worse than the ones we do uh, outside of that. Uh, so it's worth mentioning that if you uh, you already have last week's podcast, you'll be able to upgrade to this week's podcast, Public Beta Podcast Intergrade, for free. At which point you can buy the Nikki Nene DLC. Uh, however, we're also going to be offering last week's podcast for free for the whole month of March. Uh, but if you get that version, you will not be able to upgrade to this version for free. I am, of course, spoofing the Square Enix announcement of Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, Intergrade. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so we're going to get to that in a second. I got to tell you about this day I'm having. So it's my first day back in the office in, in how long? Uh, doing uh, I had to do some training. So I'm like, I'll show up in the flesh. Obviously, we have Code Red here in Manitoba. So when that's lifted, I'll probably be here all the time. But for the time being, I've been working from home. So this morning, let's go. Uh, put on some pants for the first time in three weeks. You know, make sure my hair looks presentable. Uh, look in the mirror and be like, I don't need this is this is not. I don't need to shave this. This is not. Doesn't look like I've been homeless or something. It looks like I mostly take care of myself when I'm not at work. So I'm I'm leaving, backing out of my garage, uh, and a bird flies in, which has never happened before. So I'm like, God damn it. So I'm like chasing this bird around with a broom. I'm like that should have been the sign. That should have been the canary in the coal mine. I just go back inside the house and say, we'll try again another time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm like, oh, my, my car needs gas, obviously. I haven't driven more than to and from the gas station in a few weeks. Uh, so we're going to get some gas. And y- y- I need some sippies. I need some energy drinks. Uh, we, let's get some rock stars. Let's get some monsters. Let's go. <laughs> monster is my go-to. Uh, repping the monster. I got the tattoo. I'm going to put it on the back window of my car. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to have metal militia on my fucking <laughs> yeah. my F-150. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. The tailgate's missing. It's gone. I gotta put on Buck Cherry. Put some Buck Cherry on. A little inside joke. Uh, So, when I say inside, I mean inside the office. So, I go inside, and monsters have been on sale for weeks and weeks and weeks. All all winter long. So, I'm thinking I'm gonna grab my usual monsters, and turns out, no, they're off. They're off sale. Rockstar, however, is on sale. Fine. I I can pivot. Let's buy some Rockstars. I grab this Rockstar out of the out of the cooler, and it the, the 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 rail it sits in you, you fucking bought an energy drink before uh it <laughs> punctures the can and the oh, can sprays all over no my pants dude. Way. <laughs> so after the bird and after that i'm like maybe i should just go home so this thing it felt like because if you're dressed for work and a drink drink falls on you in any in any capacity yeah look this is a disaster yeah. uh, of course when i got back to the car i realized oh, i was just a little bit on my leg hit the heater on and it, it dried up before i got to work even but i'm like Hey, uh, gra- I yell to the girl behind the counter, grab a plastic bag. I've got this thing on its side, and it's no longer, but it's had, it had pressure, right? So it shot the first time. I'm like, get a plastic bag, because this thing has a hole in it. And she very nonchalantly is like, oh, I, got a, I have a sink back here. Just bring it over here. So I, I hand it to her. And she's like, yeah, that, that happens all the time, she says. She's like, with something about that rack with those rock star drinks, uh, just the way they fall forward, like, that happens all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, do you have, like, a piece of paper towel or like anything you can slot between the drink and this this spike that is making drinks explode on your customers uh but i digress i uh, i left and came to work and, and it's been pretty much okay since then but between the bird like something two things that have never happened before happened bird flies into the garage and drink explodes on my pants and uh here we are uh so what a story what a story what a story uh we are we are five days away from my birthday <laughs> Listen, this is the Lee podcast is, now. Yeah, you, know, is, I, you might as well just go. Yeah, there's uh, no longer about video games. We do, we do have some video games to talk about. Of course, we're going to touch on <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, later on. I invited... Nick is on vacation this week. Must be nice. Uh, and then Andrew is a little bit busy, but he he himself is a big man. Speaking of the monster tattoo, he's got the Foxhound tattoo. So No, that, he has the Kojima Productions tattoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, if I rub that, he just starts talking about uh, memes. Yeah. Lale Lo and all that yeah. kind of shit. <laughs> uh, but there was, two, there was a bunch of stuff that has happened since we recorded, because they always decide to do this the day after we record. And that's there was a state of play, yep. which is a bit ho-hum. And then there was a Pokemon thing that was actually yes. a lot of stuff came out of. Yeah. Uh, so the Sony thing kind of showed us uh, details on some games we already know about. People were expecting details on like God of War, Ragnarok, and like 
future stuff. People, a lot of people posting just the Joaquin Phoenix Joker picture where he's looking in the mirror. And it's just like me thinking I was going to see a trailer for God of War 2 Ragnarok. Uh, but what we did get was this super confusing Final Fantasy VII remake. What's and- confusing about it? Okay. It's, no, it's really easy, Lee. It's Here's, easy to understand. <laughs> break it down for you. Yeah, I'll break it down for you, okay? You have Buster to, Sword is huge. You, you have to it? buy the DLC regardless if you have PS4 or PS5. Is the DLC on PS4 and PS5? Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. If you happen to have PS5, you just get a free upgrade to the PS5 like, okay. version is all. So if I've already purchased the game, retail or digital, yeah. I get a free PS5 version. Uh, faster loads, load times, better graphics. Yeah, uh, the that, whole goes, shebang. that goes yeah. for base game and DLC. Yes. But or you have to buy the DLC. Or as it's announced in the trailer, graphics. It just said graphics. Graphics. Yeah. Oh and shit. They got, they're putting what, graphics. Which immediately thing. I'm looking forward to because I thought it on PS4 looked fucking breathtaking. Yes. It's one of the best looking games. Like how much better can it look? Yeah. I guess uh, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it was like I was telling my girlfriend the other day. I'm like, you look at 1997 with Final Fantasy VII yeah. and like a fucking year later with Final Fantasy VIII, how much of a jump in graphical fidelity and quality that is. I, well, I mean, yeah. Yes and no. They, well, the, <laughs> this, the character models, uh, yeah. like the environments and everything. And then you look nowadays, graphics can only get so much better. Where right. I think we're peaking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, other than people just make just straight up making full motion video games now, yeah, right? That yeah. being said, about the DLC, I can't say I'm particularly looking forward to it. I think they so, could have done any other fucking character except for Yuffie, and I would have been way more excited. Yeah, I think we all expected them to port this game to the PS5, obviously. Uh, but the part where it's being ported to the PS5, and now, a year in, they're like, now is the time to do DLC. And the direction they headed in, obviously, you have a DLC with Yuffie and a couple of the other characters... Uh, which will be notable in the DLC, but probably can die before the end to give Yuffie a bit of a a tragic backstory. Which uh, she doesn't need. No. Uh, her whole character in the original game is that she's a bit of, like, a kid, and she's yes. goofy, and she's the lighthearted. Thief. She doesn't have a tragic backstory because every other fucking character has a tragic backstory. Who crashed you? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so Yuffie's in this thing. Uh, if you like that gameplay, hey, it's more of it. They're adding other modes. There was Something like a Battle Royale mode was being added to this? No, no, no. They're just adding mode. classic with normal difficulty as opposed to okay. just easy. I thought I saw the words Battle Royale. No, no, okay. no, no, no. No Battle Royale. But yeah, like I was telling you, why wouldn't, they, why wouldn't they do this with Red 13? Like how he got captured by Shinra? Right. Like, it would have made... Because we, we saw Red 13 in the original game. Red 13 is not playable in Final Fantasy VII yeah. Remake. And but Yuffie every, is. <laughs> and everybody loves Red 13. He's a fan favorite. Much yeah. more over Yuffie. Like, it would have made a lot more sense. I used to say Yuffie. But it is Yuffie. Yuffie. Yeah. yeah. I always used to say... Like, back in the on the school ground days, back in 1997, hey man, Yuffie. Uh, yeah. But now it's... it's like, <laughs> like it, it's weird because Yuffie, her whole identity in the original game and other, and other <laughs> media is just, I like Materia. When you watch Advent Children, she has one fucking line. The in- she has two lines the entire uh, movie, Lee. Hmm. Her first line is, did anybody steal on Materia? The yes. chief has said, the right. bad guys. And she went, mm. And then their right. second line was yelling at Sid that that's sexist. It's weird to put the spotlight on this character so early, considering that in the original game, Yuffie is actually a completely skippable side thing. No, in the I game. get it. She's technically yeah. the next in line. She's popular. But <laughs> we have Red 13. We've seen him, but we still haven't been able to play him. Us being able to play Yuffie before Red 13 is weird. Is weird. Uh, and I don't know if they intend to do more DLC after this either. So who knows what their 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 idea is here. Uh y- I think most of us thought they were trying to f- like fast lane the the, the sequel. Oh, that, like I don't instead know. of yeah. doing DLC, that you would just have. I thought they'd maybe do some combat VR challenges where they could do like other parts of the game. So it's like, oh hey, th- this is our excuse to put Sephiroth in the game. He's one of the VR challenges. You can fight first class soldier uh, Sephiroth, and that's a way you can have your cake and eat it too. Play one wing angel and fucking get on with it without having to influence sure. the story. Or like, here's an extra mode where you get to play as Zack. And he just becomes a mercenary with no hard storyline. Uh, again, a, D- a, P- a prequel DLC where you see what happens to Cloud and stuff like that. Or I was even thinking putting Nibelheim <laughs> as the DLC the chapter. Could no, I think well. Nibelheim was such an integral part. And it should be your first act of your second game. Okay. Um, Whereas Yuffie can be optional. But DLC. we're not going to... Yeah, we're not going to... Yeah, we're not going to get this deal. We're not going to get the second part for eight years. It's kind of weird that people are complaining that a character who is optional in the original game is now optional in this game but <laughs> I digress you have to pay for it so yeah, the confusing part comes from there. this game is free right now on PSN Plus 
you can get Final Fantasy VII Remake for free, which is excellent, and everybody should do that. Yeah. But that version somehow will will be marked. Like when George Costanza tried to return that book to the library, but they flagged it for him having been in the washroom with it. For some reason, that version of Final Fantasy VII Remake will not be upgradable. So if you have that the free version, the free version, that's fucking. Weird. So you can buy the DLC for that version, but if you want the PS5 version, you will then have to pay out of pocket. Which is uh, a but bit I'm strange. fine because I bought it like a total weeb. Yes, you yeah. bought it day one, uh, digital or whatever. So you are you have it on PS5 when you when you want it. So that's yeah, interesting. Like it's an interesting thing because I had a lot of people asking me like like you know you can play a lot of both Final Fantasy VII remake and Last of Us Two. I'm like very different situations though. Yeah, because. I had much lower expectations for remake, first of all. But second of all, like Final Fantasy VII remake is a great fucking game. It's good until you get to the very end. Yeah, the the things that are wrong with Final Fantasy VII have to do with what they decide to do with the narrative and yeah, uh, and but, the ghosts. But uh, and everything and, else about it, is and fine. it's mostly at the end too, so it's yeah. easier to forgive as you're going through the regular game. Yeah, yeah. Did a little bit of Kingdom Hearts bleeding through there. Uh, so they had a little other, bit. Well, just a little bit of Kingdom, just a little bit. Uh, despair. Uh, seven seconds. Seven so, seconds, Cloud. So that's happening. Uh, I don't expect to ever have the, uh, I don't think I will ever replay that game. I don't remake? think I'll replay it on, yeah, I don't think remake? I'll play it on I think I might replay it. I, I really like I, the combat. It's really fun. But I'd rather them just release another game with that combat. So, yeah, like, in my, yeah. my opinion, Final Fantasy 16 is more interesting. Oh, 16 is going to be vastly yeah. more interesting because it's a new storyline, but also because they have the Del May Cry combat director right. handling the combat for it. So yeah, that could be really cool. Yeah, uh, we we have Pokemon to talk about. What have you been playing though? In the in the, I've I've played very little. You've played a bunch of new old stuff. You've been playing Halo. You've been playing Destiny. <laughs> what happened? So yeah, I'm I'm still playing Halo. I really only play Halo nowadays when I'm playing with buddies from work. But it's like sure. every other day, so I'm still playing it quite a bit often. Right? Just, what's your what's your what's your weapon? Well, it's the battle rifle. It's, Everybody has to build yeah, the battle rifle. That's the burst fire. Yeah, right. you don't really get a choice of what weapon you use yeah. half the, uh, most of the time when you're playing Halo. Well, especially if you're jumping around games. Yeah, like, things but, become... like I'm like really good at Halo, and then when I switch over to Destiny, I get absolutely shit on. There are reasons for this. The people that are still playing Crucible on Destiny PC yes. have been playing this for fucking ever, and they're super good. The thing I don't like about Crucible on Destiny versus Halo multiplayer is that in Destiny... You want to go with your most comfortable build, but like any other aspect of Destiny, there are bounties and quests that are like, do this to Guardians. It's like, yeah, but now I'm using a weapon I'm not used to, and that that task that seems small is suddenly exponentially wider because I have to play eight rounds uh, to accomplish it. Right. But I've been playing the shit out of Destiny t- as well. Yeah, uh, uh, Destiny's fucking great. I yeah. I came back to you're back. I came back to play Beyond Light. Welcome so I did back, the, I did this the story in like a weekend. I mostly got caught up to the light. I'm at like 280 now. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say mostly. I'm up there. And nah. yeah, it's a lot of things have changed. They got rid of um what what really helps me personally, which is a big bar on the right that you could fold out. It would show you like all the things. You oh yeah, do. Uh, tagging quests and stuff now is way better. Yeah, yeah. So like just being able to see everything on one place and just be like very clearly be like you need to do X amount of these to get this powerful gear. It's yeah. it's much better in yes. that regard. I love uh, the fact they got rid of sunsetting. So like, or they are getting rid of it anyway. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I have a lot of old guns that yeah. are really good. I have a better devils with explosive payload and and. Uh, Outlaw, which is just fucking insane. One of my favorite. What's cool is though, if you find a, uh, you've obviously noticed this. If you find two of the exact same thing, you can combine them for free. Yeah, uh, which is nice with with rolling uh, exotics and stuff. Yeah, upgrade. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to spend upgrade cores for that. So yeah, I've been playing a lot with Roderick's another guy at the office here. Once crossplay releases, yeah. So you're on PC now. I'm I'm still on PS4 like a pleb. Yeah, uh, I there are I could be playing it on PS5. Apparently, the DS Destiny Two on PS5 is very good. I've heard that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do miss like the rumble feature, just because getting that quick rumble when you get a headshot yeah. in Destiny is very satisfying. But I can't deny that it just plays better on PC. There's non-existent I mean, like everything would. <laughs> yeah, there's non-existent loading times, which is huge for Destiny because there's so, sometimes you'd be traveling to tower uh, and it'd take five minutes. Now it's like. I played a, a, quite a bit in the last season, so even the quality of life stuff they've done since then, Shadow uh, in terms in terms of uh, how quickly the, the cursor moves around the screen, in terms of the UI, they've changed this and that, and it seems loads are faster in general yeah. as well. Because they, they got rid of all that content, so the game could be snappier, and then you didn't really see anything from that, but I think now they're hitting their stride, and uh, they've delayed their next major expansion into 2022. 
Uh, so we're going to get seasonal content, like the Battlegrounds thing with the Cabal right now. Yeah. That kind of content will keep rolling out. Yeah, they're going to be releasing uh, a patch in, for yeah. Season 14 because they're changing like the shader system, for example, which right. I think is huge. They're making them unlimited use now. Uh, allegedly, Bungie is working on a completely new game as well. So uh, oh. on Destiny, which they own now, uh, is kind of bankrolling them to be able to self-publish whatever comes next. So I don't know... Well, good for that. The mind races because, like, what else can Bungie do? Like, it was kind of like it was the Bioware question, right? It was like, what is Bioware good at? Well, their action game, their action in their games is is passable, but it's the writing and it's the uh, the RPG elements. So yeah. when they made something like Anthem, where it's like we're going to down speaking of Anthem, uh, we're going to downplay the RPG elements and we're going to pump up the action. They mostly got there without the part where hey, loot has to be good to want to keep playing this thing. Right. And uh, you could even see signs of that as early as Dragon, Dragon Age Inquisition. Right. Yeah. And then apparently, so a, a, a double barrel shotgun of news this week from Bioware is that Anthem Next is, is canned. Yeah. That game is done. It will still be available to play for the foreseeable future, but eventually they will close the service for that game and Anthem will be a dead game. To the surprise of nobody. To the surprise of absolutely nobody. And then uh, Dragon Age, the new one, was meant to be a service game. It was meant to be a... Yeah. Anthem. It was meant to be an anthem. Uh, they have said that, no, that will now pivot into a single-player game. It is interesting that there are no fantasy-based, like, medieval uh, service games. Oh, they're out there. Sure they are. Like? <laughs> no, but, like, to the level of, like, a Destiny or an Overwatch I guess or not. anything like that. Well, like, there's there's MMOs, but you, are, you, are you thinking of, like, like, strictly from a gameplay combat point of view? Because there's tons of fantasy MMOs, like Elder Scrolls and, and all that. No, kind of. I mean a game that's structured similar to Destiny or yeah, to Anthem or anything like Destiny's that. Destiny's got swords now. What, what more do you need? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so looking forward to crossplay and then uh, the, the the Guardians getting together once more. Uh, but Destiny's a great game to play solo as well. Highly, highly oh, recommend absolutely, it. yeah. Um, it's great. Uh, f- no, but uh, fuck the story for Beyond Light, first of all. Okay. Uh, I guess, the, I guess it, it happened, first of all, in Shadowkeep. So I did the first mission, the free mission for Shadowkeep, okay. because I don't own the Shadowkeep DLC. It's pointless right, right now. I'm going to pick it up when it's on so, sale so, so I can actually access everything. Shadowkeep, there's bad guys on the moon. Yeah, right. So yeah. I do the first mission, which is go to the moon, and you go over the hump, and you yes. see the darkness pyramid for the first yes. time. Yeah. You're like, holy the shit. Pyramidon. Okay. But, <laughs> yes, which is like, holy shit, this would be great if I didn't already play Beyond Light. Right. Because when you play Beyond Light... The pyramid's just there. Yes. And they're like, fuck you. Like, you should already know about this. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about this. Well, it's not their fault. And then they're like, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, but this is the darkness. I'm like, like the darkness? The like, darkness. That the, like, that the traveler's been trying yeah, to Yeah, they're like, no, yeah. this is the darkness, this pyramid thing. And I'm yeah. like, okay, whoa, like this is huge. And yeah. oh, it's just, it just gives ice to people. Gives ice to people. So <laughs> uh, to, to elaborate on that, before you've come back, before uh, Beyond Light hit, the darkness is in Shadowkeep, and you're learning about the darkness, and you're learning that uh, that the light and the dark, like Final Fantasy, is, is in, not, not in balance. One is not evil, let's put it that way. You don't know the true intentions of the Traveler. And you don't know the true intentions. And you don't know the true intentions of the darkness, only that the, the Traveler is trying to escape the darkness. Uh, you, you, in Beyond Light, you're given a, a boon of the darkness, basically. You're given the stasis power, which is you... Casting aside the light and and using the darkness to, for your power, right? right? Yeah. The idea being, I think, that we get to a faction point of view where you decide if you side with the light or the dark as a oh, guardian. Oh, and a later. Update. I think that's I think that's where we're ultimately going. Um, but in the, the pyramids thing, so the darkness started showing up at the end of Shadowkeep before they got rid of all those planets. The darkness was showing up, and we're going to basically obliterate those planets. So you, No, it was... showed up in the first story mission. Lee. Right, so there's a... Uh, this is like the season when it was closing. You were going around to these planets that were going to be uh, archived, and you're basically getting those people off the planet. You're like, we don't know what these fucking guys are going to do. You need to get the fuck out of here. And there's some flavor text, and there's some quests that have to do with that. Uh, but they did do the permanent thing where, hey, Mars and, and those planets, those are, those are gone. They're just, you can't get to them. The darkness has them, or whatever has happened. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I, I like I like Europa as a map, just a big ice planet. Yeah. No, you played Shadowkeep. Yeah. Was, uh, was it based about uh, about Sabathun, who is Oryx's sister? Some, something like that. Yeah. Was it? You're just fighting the Hive on the moon. Like there's oh, a giant castle of Hive. It wasn't taken. Uh, no, there probably was taken too. There was there was the the they were coming in from like other dimensions and they were. No, oh, yeah, that, no. It, uh, shit, I man, am, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I am somewhat familiar on Destiny lore, yeah. and I just kept thinking that this this DLC has to do with Sabathin, who also has access to the Ascended Realm, just like Oryx did. Yada yada. 
I believe you do go to that realm uh, in in that DLC and stuff. Oh, like good. That. Yeah. Um, and then what what happens with Crow and all that stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, that. like hmm. Destiny only gives you so much in the flavor, and at a certain point, I've given up on the lore on a game that doesn't want to properly explain lore to me. Right. I mean, uh, it's almost like they have so much of it that they're like, well, we don't want to get rid of anything, it, so it's archived. Well, the first game was insane, dude. They expected you to go on a URL or like download the app to like read the like, right. Right. I shit think or something. I think like you look at Halo, their earlier series that did a much better job. They got all the important information that you needed to know to be invested yes. in the story and the campaign. They're also you, telling a story at the point where, like like A New Hope, where like, oh, all this is already established. The the actual central plot has to do with very few characters. You have yeah. Master Chief, you have the Arbiter. Cortana, you have, yeah. the Arbiter, yeah, like yeah. that's it. And it's very simple overall, but there's lots of lore to dig into if you want it. Sure. And there's also expanded <laughs> Destiny, Destiny yeah. does a very poor job because they just give you a bunch of information that's pretty vague. You can go out there and try to elaborate it for yourself if you want to, but it does a very poor job of communicating the story to the player. Yeah, uh, and having characters just talk at you is not the way to do it, in my opinion. Like, having those long... Like, it's like, go talk to so-and-so and and they're just standing there just like... Especially (laughs) in uh, Destiny, when you're just like, dude, just get me to the next fucking thing. Like, why would you not have a cutscene here? Anyway. Yeah. I digress. Uh... Those are small complaints for a game that is generally you. There's infinite You're not hours. Playing like it the story. you can never, you can never stop playing Destiny if you, you so wanted to. So that's yeah. mostly what I've been playing. Uh, still going strong with Monster Train. Animal Crossing's got their Mario shit out. Fucking knock yourself out. The the snow is gone in Animal Crossing. In art as in life, the snow is now <laughs> melting. Uh, I'm expecting to uh, start Yakuza Like a Dragon very shortly as I, I wind down uh, Kiwami Two. Nice. And I'm trying to think of what else I've been playing because there's there's something else. But fuck it. Oh, Octopath Traveler. God damn it. Uh, let's talk about Bravely Default 2. Sure. Do you have any interest in ever playing that game? No, I played Bravely Default 1, and just like two other people at least I know, yeah. we all got to the end. I was 65 hours in, and I'm like, I can't do the same yeah, thing and again. They, yeah, and they make you fight the same four bosses for a third time due to a time travel plot point. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about any plot point at this point. I'm sick of fighting these bosses. I don't want to do it anymore, and I didn't play it anymore. I haven't yeah. played since. So they did Second Layer which was the sequel until they decided, well, we're releasing this new one on the Switch. It's better that we just call this one 2. So people who played the first game and obviously didn't play the second will now jump in on the third thinking it's the second. Or, whatever the case, the best thing they could have ever done is called that game Bravely Default 2, uh, which looks to be mostly the same as the original game, yeah. which is fine. Uh, it, there, there's nothing wrong with the RPG. It just doesn't know when to end, and the story is a bit drawn out in... Uh, right, the characters yeah. are fine, but the story is way too basic. I always compare it to like the old Final Fantasy games, these games that people consider... Right, it went a, too, yeah. it went a bit too far back, in my opinion. I right. think you you can have the gameplay and everything of those old RPGs, but you need the story complexities of at least a Final Fantasy seven or higher. <laughs> I mean, some people would argue that six was already, like, had intricate story, like, character relationships yeah, and stuff, versus, but, say, Final Fantasy right, IV. Right, but I would seven. say seven had much more of... Uh, character moments than six for example there's sure, a lot of characters yeah. in six that just didn't have a lot going on because they've done a lot of spin-offs they did like four heroes of light they did uh yeah like square enix has been doing final fantasy under different names the crystal chronicles uh, yeah all that all that shit is uh is in there too but that that's all kind of fine but yeah, really default two man who's got the fucking time nobody shit? uh so pokemon huge pokemon presents baby uh, so they they talked a bit about Pokemon Snap, which I think if you're you're either sold or you're not on Pokemon Snap, I'm looking forward to it. They announced a, they talked about their apps uh, that they have out now, Pokemon Cafe and all that kind of stuff. But what, what we're going to talk about now is the uh, the bigger announcements, which would be Brilliant. What is it? Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Yeah, or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, it's coming to the Switch. Remakes of Diamond and Pearl, the fourth generation of Pokemon. Yeah, you can hear us talk about it for four hours on another podcast. Uh, <laughs> but they have they've gone with a completely new art style. So when they did heart uh, when they did Leaf Green, well, that they did like a retro style for that. They didn't just ape what was no. It looked happening. exactly like uh, Emerald Ruby and Sapphire. They quite look exactly like it. exactly. It like was it dumbed down, I think, a little. No, bit. no, 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 no. Uh, when they did Heart Gold and Soul Silver, obviously that looked like it was Diamond Pearl Platinum. Yeah, the, the when they did been... Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, it was X and Y. Was Heart Gold and Soul Silver more like Diamond and Pearl, or was it more like Black and White? No, Diamond, Pearl, Diamond, Diamond Pearl. Pearl. Yeah, no, it was exactly uh, like Diamond and Pearl. It was the same engine, and everything. And then same when they did sprites the, uh, and everything. Uh, Omega, Omega Ruby and Alpha and Sapphire, Sapphire was just X and Y. Yeah. So likewise, when they do Diamond Pearl Platinum and it should Di- be like Sword and Shield. It should be like Sword and Shield, <laughs> but it's not. It's in a much more chibi style. Which there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It no. just looks like it's really low quality. It looks like a 3DS game. Uh, so 
so the battle scene and the Pokemon and stuff like that look normal. Look like they do in, in most any Pokemon game you can think of. Uh, the thing that is a step back is that the overworld went for an art style. It went for a chibi art style. And the chibi itself doesn't read as Pokemon. It looks like a, like a fan game. Right. If I, could, if I could say something negative about it. Uh, I, need to, I need to see it more. I like the idea that they're maintaining the... What was there? Because that game's a 2D game. We yeah. have to. We also have to remember Diamond yeah, yeah. and Pearl is a 2D right. game. Right, but look at look at Octopath Traveler on the same system. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it came out years ago. Yeah. And there's no excuse for Pokemon not to have this level of uniqueness and quality. You're, you're because, putting in the work. Is because what you're it's yeah, it's the biggest selling fucking IP in the world. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with you. Thankfully, on the heels of Diamond and Pearl remakes being announced. By the way, are you going to play the Diamond and Pearl remakes? Oh, Pearl. Of course you are. <laughs> Uh, and we have to assume that those games are going to have all... They're going to have, like, the GTS and stuff in they, them again. They, i, I got to assume it's everything a main series Pokemon yeah. game has. Like, competitive battling items. What, what's weird is that that game will be expected to connect somehow with Sword and Shield. <laughs> right. And they're just so vastly different at that yeah. point. Uh, but then they've also announced uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. And this is vastly interesting. First of all, it looks like Breath of the Wild, which we all knew was going to happen to most every IP at some point. It's like, hey, Breath of the Wild was... Really good, yeah. Uh... So this looks like we are we are in pre not prehistoric we are in a olden version of the Sinnoh region, like Edo era Sinnoh. Yeah. So like uh, so so it's it's brought back. There's not huge cities. Everything seems pretty primitive. Uh, the starter Pokemon are going to be Cyndaquil, uh, Rowlet, and Oshawott, I believe, are the starter Pokemon. So they're just they're wild. They're just picking and choosing. Yeah. Uh, and and this game it looks like. The open world Pokemon game we thought Sword and Shield was going to be right, but this looks like uh, the actual. This one. looks like you are hiding in grass and throwing balls in no, real time. Yeah, like if you yeah. had to ask me, like, what is this game going to be? I'm like, no multiplayer. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any online connectivity. I think this is going to be a story based game. Like you could say that the other Pokemon's are, but this will be like heavily. They have voiceovers. I think. I think they're going to have oh, voiceovers. I think they're going to have voiceovers for the first time. And yeah, it's gonna be like a. It's not gonna be like an eight gyms sort of thing. I think they're gonna. It's okay. Predictions. Okay, here it is. Eight gym leaders stem from this journey. You're the you're the player. You're the trainer that creates the eight gym league challenge. Okay. Okay. You if you come across like Buddy in a forest and he's like, "This is my forest, homie." Like I only use bug Pokemon. Get the fuck out of here. And you beat him, and he's like, "You're really good. I should challenge other really good trainers." You know what? I'm gonna do it in this house. Boom. So you're first, saying like the first time they in a long time that they've had a Pokemon game that has nothing to do with gyms, that the crux of the narrative will be the gyms. No, like you're gonna be <laughs> so. like you're gonna be like the proto tr- tr- like trainer that's established every other Pokemon game. Like sure, Skyward Sword. This will be Pokemon Skyward Sword. Okay. How about that? Okay, well, Skyward Sword is my least favorite Zelda game. So that's, <laughs> that's hard to no, take. No, I mean, I mean how it comes before everything and it establishes... Sure. So, what we everything. do know about this game is Arceus, who is the god of Pokemon, the creator, the progenitor. Uh, we also know that recently, due to a data leak, that he was originally supposed to be like a little jello man, but instead he was made into like a, a dog. I don't think that has anything to do with this uh, game. Hey, maybe they put that jello man in the game. I don't know, as far as we know. Uh, my thoughts would be that this trainer... Uh, has something to do with RCS either in another form or this... No, oh, man. What do you... So I don't know a lot about the RCS legend as it exists. Neither do I. He just he created the... Created yeah, the and you can equip different plates on him and he becomes different different types. Yeah, P- Diamond, uh, Pearl, and Platinum is like one of the only Pokemon yeah. games I haven't played. Seeing a Pokemon over there and going into your inventory in real time, picking out the Pokemon you want and throw and pushing a button to throw the Pokeball and have your Pokemon come out of it and then being able to tell it to go do moves on the same map without it transitioning into a battle is admittedly cool and something we haven't seen from an official Pokemon game before. Yeah. Uh, this has the most promise of any Pokemon game in, in a long time. In, in terms of, of mixing it up, yeah. But of course this isn't meant to be a, a core Pokemon game. Right. Uh, well, we don't know that. We don't know that. I guess we don't. So that's coming out next year. Uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes will be out later this year. Uh, so set to... And of course they're charging 80 bucks for those Diamond and Pearl remakes. Well, of course. Uh, and then they'll make and they'll get away with it just fine. <laughs> get away with it too. Uh, so we can we can go over more news now, where we can transition into Metal Gear Solid. What do you what do you think? Well, considering we only have about nineteen minutes, I think it's probably safe bet to go to Metal Gear Solid Two. Well, right then. Yeah. Just a little pause here, so I know where uh, the segment starts. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. Last week we tried to talk about Metal Gear Solid Two, and we ended up mostly talking about 
Fucking Look at Ocelot's fucking arm. Arm. Uh, did you do any research on that? Do you have any caveat? Do you have anything to add on? So I, I think I skyped you right after. Yes. It, but from my understanding, he did actually dead ass attach Liquid's arm. Yes. Uh, he sewed it on there. <laughs> yeah, and it was, or it did have a will of its own. But at some point, <laughs> it just said at some point he took off the arm to attach it with a robot arm. Right. But I guess he got the idea through it. Like, man, this would be an easy way to trick the Patriots. Then the only evidence I could get why. Like, like why, like, Liquid would be a better choice than Ocelot. Like, either way, you're a bad guy to the Patriots, right? right? The only thing I could find in support of that would be um, that if he turned into Liquid and became this fucking weird mix of a person, he would take all the heat. Like, he would draw in all the heat so Snake could be in the background secretly fucking taking down the Patriots. Huh. Yeah. And then the other flip side I heard is that uh, the Patriots never saw Liquid as a true threat to them as Ocelot does, so they never fuck with them. The third piece of that would be that Liquid is in charge of the biggest PMC in the world, which controls five different PMCs under it, and killing Liquid would collapse the war economy, which the Patriots set up themselves. So, okay, so are you implying that, so the Patriots have nothing to do with Ocelot's decision? No. To dead-ass attack. No, because Ocelot the whole time yeah. wants to, like, fucking take down the Patriots, right? right. So he the ulterior motive secret. is ultimately to take down the Patriots, yeah, which that. is also the the goal of Solidus Snake in right. this game. Right, yeah, and yeah. also, Lee, between Metal Gear Solid 2 and 4, uh, Ocelot basically breaks, uh, gets Eva out, or, like, finds Eva, right. and gives her Solidus's body. In a bag. Yeah, like, (laughs) this is before he turns into Liquid. Like, he tricks everybody. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. I want to talk about the Patriots. Okay. Okay. The Patriots. Yeah. uh, So many men. uh, They they control the wealth of America. No, they're not. Yes and no. 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 (laughs) We're going to go, like, all the way back here really quick. Okay. The Patriots are based on the philosophers. The philosophers were a secret Illuminati group between China, Russia, and USA. The Axis groups behind World War II. Okay. They secretly amassed a a fund of trillions. Right. The war war economy was paying good. Yeah. Bunch of stuff happens. Metal Gear Solid 3 happens. Yes. Basically, when the Cold War happened, all three uh, sectors of the philosophers broke up. China, Russia, and USA. Because they were literally at war. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, China and Russia (laughs) at this point just kind of like, they're philosophers fuck off. We don't need to worry about them. Don't need to worry about them. They've never come back up. Yeah. Just USA. Okay. The philosophers of the USA doesn't say what happened to them. It's implied that they were assassinated or killed by Zero and Ocelot. Sure. Uh, But basically, when Metal Gear Solid 3 happens... Uh, they get the funds from the, the philosophers through EVA, um, and they get the U.S. gets partial of them through Snake. So Zero, who was in charge of mission of Elgar Cell 3, reorganizes the funds, Right. and basically, since there are no philosophers uh, anymore, he re- creates the Patriots now. They're not called Patriots at the time, they're just okay. called Cypher. Do the page, are the Patriots physical people, or is the that Patriots, the AI already? The Patriots, in my interpretation yes. of events, are just the AI. Patriots, okay. Cypher is Zero, Signet, Medic, Big Boss, Ocelot, Eva, okay? Right. When, uh, Phant- when Phantom Pain, or just before it specifically Peace Walker rolled around, this is when everybody started fucking off into their own divisions. Okay. And when Zero commissioned the creation of the AI. Yes. When he got sick because of Phantom Pain... Uh, he was no longer able to operate the AI to operate the, the cipher anymore. So sure. he told Signet, who is Donald Anderson sure. from Elgar Solid One, to turn on the AI and there to run his organization. Thus, they became the Patriots. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I understand so basically that. From the, basically, from the nineteen late nineteen eighties to early nineteen sure. nineties, Patriots have been run have been running the United States. Yes. So not it's, just it's a computer. Yeah. Yeah. It's five computers. It's right. one head AI, which is JD. Right. And then a bunch of sub subsequent ones, but they don't just run funds. They they uh, filter information. They run the military, government, fucking everything. They're right. the they are the government. They are the automated Illuminati. Yeah. They're the uh, au- yeah. With with deep pockets of money made. Yeah. Uh, by the time Melgar saw two, yeah. like all human members of the Patriots are just agents that they're using by proxy. The only leaders are AI. Okay. So Big Shell houses one of the AIs. Yes. It houses G, uh, GW, which right. is held inside Arsenal gear. Okay. Emma yes. is able to take that AI out. Yes. Because- Solidus thinks he's accomplished his goal and he learns that there's four other AIs, backup AIs. He doesn't learn that. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> it's not made clear, oh, fuck, from what I remember anyway, but his intention was never to get Emma to create a cluster worm for anything. He yeah. was, I think he knew the location of the AI in some capacity, and he was going to go take them down. He was going to okay. take over GW and use that to corrupt the rest of the system. Solid as Snake and the Sons of Liberty. Yeah. Uh, they can be seen as a uh, chaotic or, or, a, or a lawful evil or, or, or you yes them they neutral. have really bad ways of yeah. going about it but their intentions in freeing America from the control of the patient sounds is great good. until who takes over in right place. Solidus would yeah. want to take over yes. no yeah. yeah it would be trading one tyrant for another but yes. like their intentions were to take down the patriots yes. right uh, Raiden is basically uh, manipulated the entire game uh, as you say in your recap uh, by the end of it, you don't even know when Rose, if Rose was ever real, or if she's just real at the end, and he was just being. They used her to convince him to do this, shit. right? Especially because yeah. at the end, she just stands there in the street with Ryan, and none of them say anything. Right. They're just and, standing there, and because, ultimately, it's not important. Yeah, that because that yeah. wasn't Kojima's intention. His his intention was this video game and what it told you. It's up to you to decide what's important, yeah. what's real to you, like the themes and the messages, right. and what isn't. Just because the like the AI tells you at the end of the game how they're filtering out information, Kojima's right. trying to tell you you should decide for yourself what information is important and what isn't. Yes. So there is a scene at the end of the game, and I think I wanted to try to talk about this last time, but uh, in between the game uh, being made, being shown, and releasing, 9/11 happens. Yeah. Uh, the the climax of this game takes place in New York City. Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact. Uh, there's a sh- there's a ship gonna ram the city, the island. There's a yeah, ship. no, it's Arsenal gear being okay. spun out of control due to the due to the worm cluster that right. was uploaded to it. So Raiden fights Solidus, and there's a scene where uh, after we've learned all this, he cuts Solidus down, and then he cuts a American flag, and it falls on Solidus. This was considered insensitive after 9/11, which I never quite no, they never released that part, the uh, flag cutting, and uh, there was gonna be a scene of the team tight of the, the of the team tight. Coincidentally, depending on what version you play, you still hear the sound effect and you hear the flag, but there is no flag. Yeah. And- uh, yeah, they would show the two towers before in yeah. old cutscenes, but they cut that before the game's released. Very interesting. Has nothing to do with the plot of the game here. No. Uh, Solidus Snake, of course, uh, raised Raiden. Yes and no. As a child Ryan, soldier. Ryan was found by Solidus as a child soldier, okay. uh, but Ryan forgot this through trauma and a bunch of other bullshit. Uh, there is a Navy SEAL team sent to the Big Shell before Raiden gets there. We yes. learn that Raiden is being sent there. Uh, the ulterior motive is to train Raiden to be as good a soldier no, as Snake? No, 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 no. That's what Ocelot thinks. That's what okay. Ocelot was told by the Patriots. That right. This whole thing was the S3 pen, the solid snake simulation, so they could create another soldier on par with the level of Solid Snake. Gotcha. But when you look at it, that's fucking stupid because Ryan could just be like, no, I'm just not going to like do be it. them. And yeah. it turns out it's true because the AI says the S3 pound never stood for that. It actually stands for the Selection for Societal Sanity. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the whole thing was, was just to see if they could manipulate through uh, giving out certain information and withholding certain information if they could still achieve their goals through subtle manipulation rather than outright force, which they did right. through Raiden. Okay. The only time they ever gave him an ultimatum was at the very end of the game. Otherwise, the entire time, they had Ryan eating out of the palm of their hands. So the only reason he does go through with killing Solidus is they threaten the lives of, like, for, for yeah, they're daughter? Like, or yeah, they're, they're like, we'll kill yeah. Rose and Olga, yeah. and then he's and like, Olga's Rose, daughter. And he's Rose like, is Rose real? even real? And they're like, ha, 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 <laughs> I need scissors, so do what? Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. So I think... Uh, shit. Okay, so Pliskin, Snake, Solid mm-hmm. Snake... He's with the Navy SEALs. He's the only part the AI did not account for because they truly thought him dead. Yeah. Uh, but he secretly snuck in with that. And that's why things went a little bit different than Metal Gear Solid 1. Right. Um, but overall, it did more or less go the way they wanted it to. Hmm. Yeah. So, so you talk uh, in the story recap and stuff like that about Hideo Kojima uh, doing the bait and switch intentionally. Uh, I, I'm going to take you at your word for the fact that he was... Uh, I know he, throughout the entire series, has been getting death threats and like, hey, you need to keep making these games. And he's just like, I don't fucking got him in me anymore. Uh, so if I am going to do one, Metal Gear Solid 2 was the, the F you to the fans, whereas everything I feel beyond that was, was the embracing what he had put off the rails in Metal Gear Solid 2 and trying to make it make sense for the fans, therefore. Uh, the best example, of course, is, is Metal Gear Solid 3 just as a standalone game works. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's an unbelievable video yeah. game. Uh, and it's fantastic from a story and gameplay point of view, uh, whereas 4 then tries to tie together all of this Patriot shit, 
which admittedly is the part where my eyes glaze over and I'm like, I just want to sneak yeah. around and no, shoot some I guys. agree. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it is neat to know at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 that, hey, these guys that you're looking for, trying to kill, trying to stop, don't exist and haven't existed for a long time. The only thing that does exist is a ghost AI of right. their ideals. And, and that's why the yeah. that's why when you look at the ending of Metal Gear Solid 2 as it is, yeah. and if you, in your mind, go, there's no game after this, it's like a really interesting ending. Because yes. it's Snake telling you, the player, because that's who Ryan represents, you, the player, it's up to you to decide what's important and what's not. And like, you take yeah. the information that's relevant and you filter it out. Like, we're controlled by AI, but that doesn't mean... Like, basically saying, like, everybody is controlled by, like, just hey, some fucking listen, robot. listen, if we want to get, uh, like, fucking art- artistic about yeah, it, yeah. you could be saying that, well, this is a allegory for us all living... Like, the United States living in the image of the forefathers who have been dead for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And things have changed. Why are we still... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why Metal Gear Solid 4 is so fucking messy, is because yes. Metal Gear Solid 2 <laughs> doesn't have a definitive ending. No. It's such a loose nothingness. Yes. Cool. Uh, so let's talk... Uh, let's go from a mechanics point of view. All right. Because uh, there's a huge leap uh, yeah. between Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2. Metal Gear Solid 2, of, yeah. like, not even graphically, but just gameplay-wise, does so many things differently that have since become staples of the series. Right. The biggest one, obviously, would be first-person aiming. Uh, they use this very cleverly throughout the game, not just in gunplay sections, but specifically when you go through the bomb de- deactivation part yes. with Fat Man. You have to look in really interesting places that you can only see in first person that you wouldn't right. think to look. Under bridges, under chairs, like in a locker or something like that. Speaking of which, another new feature, you can take down enemies and put them in lockers. Right. Which yeah, is you really... Can, you can non-lethally take down enemies with a trank gun. Yeah. Uh, which means you can play more aggressively. You don't have to wait around a corner. If that guy's the only guy there, pop him in the head. And yeah, and don't. of course there's limitations to it if you go into higher difficulties. Yeah. You can wear enemy uh, disguises. Sure. You can now hang off walls so enemies can pass by you while you're hanging there. Of yeah. course, you have a limit in what you can hang. Um, you can now do cartwheels. There's some cool <laughs> sword stuff towards the end of yeah. the game. Well, it's like that's really not even worth mentioning because it's only in the finale of the game. But, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. And then, like for more sword stuff, go play Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they added in uh, swimming. Which is really bad. Okay, yeah. So there's an underwater escort mission, which is pretty infamous. Uh, the characters are all there. Uh, Snake's great. I like Snake in a mentor role. is is fantastic. Right, and this is like uh, this is Kojima being like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if a peak peak Snake? Yeah. I guess you can look at him all day, but yeah. this is absolutely peak Snake. He's, you don't get to play him anymore. Yeah, he's. <laughs> this is when Snake isn't being controlled by any uh, yes. government or or liquid or patriots or anything. This is Snake completely I, acting independently. We we've never had a game with that Snake. Yeah. Right. We've never yeah. played as a Snake that is truly like. Like Metal Gear Solid 2. Doing snake. shit on his own. Yeah, yeah, where he's like he's like in a good place mentally and physically. He's not working for anybody. No. He's just doing his Smoking own thing. cigarettes and, and yeah. taking names. We yeah. have Colonel Roy Campbell, of course, in the lead role mm-hmm. of your your navigator. Of course, it is not actually Colonel Roy Campbell. No, it's a fucking like, robot. It always yeah. is. You have uh, Rose as your Mei Ling, essentially, who yes. is far more annoying. Yes. Uh, she calls you every two seconds to remind you about some Godzilla fucking King Kong movie you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Um, Raiden gets like catfished he shows up and he's just like alright time for some TLC with my girlfriend it's yeah. just like an apple 2 sitting eventually, there he's like fuck eventually <laughs> it's supplemented by actual Otacon and Snake who yeah. become more of your contacts than the Colonel or Rose do mm-hmm. um, you have the members of Dead Cell who are all wholly more uninteresting compared to so I want to talk about that too because the yeah. setting of the game is wholly uninteresting compared to Metal Gear Solid I, 1 even I the big know. shell sucks it's like a big orange it's a series of orange towers yeah. in the sea connected so by bridges. The big shell is basically like an eight, like the num- like the sure. number eight. Um, and there's about like six or something platforms for each circle, essentially like that. And they're all very similar, but they each have unique gimmicks to it. I do really like uh, the ocean, like orange sunset aesthetic yeah, sure. they go for. Yeah. I really do enjoy that. I understand why... Like, it kind of would get boring. I like the callback to it in later games, like in, in, in V or 5. Let's just call it 5. Uh, when you're making your own base and stuff like that, and you're like, slowly but surely, the orange metal starts coming in. You're like, man, maybe this guy just has a fucking thing for this this look. Like, he just <laughs> yeah. loves the orange metal. What's funny to that for, for me is that I grew up in the Maples. Uh, and the, the Maples community here in, in the town has adopted orange as, like, their... Every time they build a community center or put something up or have a sports team, they're wearing that orange. So I was like, ah. 
big, big boss's guys over here. Yeah. Uh, the boss fights are are imaginative as they are in the first game. Uh, uh, less yes, so, no, less so, like, way you, less so. You don't but... have Psycho Mantis. No, um, this is one of the only notice, notable games that doesn't have a sniper boss fight. Mm. Uh, you, it's instead in a section once you go through the escort mission with Emma Emmerich, who is he, uh, I've talked about her yeah. in the story summary. Yep. But you're basically, instead of doing a sniper-on-sniper sniper fight, you're basically protecting her with a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a particularly good section. I remember that. I So, the, like, I'm trying to think. I've only played the game once. I played it through, yeah. and then I never went back. Uh, and I, the, the parts I can remember is that sniper sequence, the underwater thing, everything at the end with when things go awry, when yeah. fish and mailed, when the game says, like, you, it tries to trick you into losing by telling you you have a game over, but you're actually still fighting in the corner. Yeah. All that stuff is Hideo Kojima bread and butter, and it's fantastic. Uh, and and yeah, when you look at what the game was trying to accomplish at the time, it's fine. I, when people say Metal Gear Solid Two is their favorite, I don't know. <laughs> no, I I can understand it because I do think the the ending part, the conversation with the AI specifically, once yeah. he starts talking about a lot of relevant topics today, I think for a lot of people, it's just it, it's too eerie to ignore to a point <laughs> that like it's so unforgettable. Yeah, I understand that. I think if anybody could look at these games critically however it's easy to see the Metal Gear Solid 3 is the best it's like unfucking touchable mm-hmm. and uh especially Metal Gear Solid 5 too just from a gameplay perspective we'll get into the story for that that's oh, the quickest story summary yeah Snake goes to Africa doesn't girl, find girl shit she can't talk though. he goes to Afghanistan doesn't find shit she breathes through her skin yeah <laughs> Defeats a robot. This game doesn't fucking matter. He makes outer he- heaven. <laughs> and that's why it's the best one. Uh, <laughs> it's the best one. Yeah, so we'll kind of wind it down here. I don't think we're going to... Do you think we're moving on to Metal Gear Solid 3 next week? Or, or do you have something to close out on too? Uh, I guess there's not really a lot to talk. Like, yeah. it's so weird. Metal Gear Solid 2... You should almost get to the end and then have like a retrospective of the whole thing. Yeah, right? Metal, like, Gear Solid, left Metal Gear Solid 2 well is a very interesting game for... 80% of the game, it's very by-the-numbers Metal Gear Solid 1 stuff. Yeah. With a lot of uh, information that doesn't matter for the series as uh, overall. And they there is some innovations gameplay-wise, but they don't innovate it in such a way. And the game isn't as special character-wise as it is in Metal Gear Solid 3, so we can't, no. yeah. we, we can't delve into Raiden as a character or anything like that. Mm. Like, it's going to be a lot different once we're able to talk about the boss. It's... Like, it stands out in, in historically... There's not many games uh, that have that stellar of a first outing. Like, Metal Gear Solid 1, huge hit, everyone loves it. Making the second game, making that pivot to another character, and and changing the story up that much uh, from where it started. And that's and that's where you always have to give that series credit, is you don't know what you're going to get, Yeah, uh, I think. And especially if you're going back to play them all, and you, you see them not in their time, but like back to back to back. I think there's, there's some really cool... Uh, Themes, right, like themes. I could, yeah, uh, to, I could see people being upset at the time when the game came yeah. out that they're playing Raiden and all this shit comes out and it doesn't have a definitive ending. The the question uh, remains is just like if they were upfront about that, would the game sold less copies? Like it's yeah. it, it seemed like an intentional fuck you that you would avoid because they they put Snake in later parts of that game where he wasn't. Like in that initial trailer, they showed Snake off the tanker in ways to make you think that this is a solid Snake game. And would also lead you to believe that at some point in this game, I'm going to be handed Solid Snake back. But no. you're, you're 1215 hours in and you're like, I don't think I'm me. playing I don't think I'm <laughs> back. Um, Interesting. Um, yeah, it, it's a hard game to talk about without playing it. Yeah. Um, just because like the cool parts are the beat-to-beat moments. Yes. Um, but like I said, there's so many... Like Overall, this game doesn't matter a whole lot to the Mel... The biggest contributus is uh, contributor in this entire series is that the Patriots are a thing. Yeah. And, like, that's it. Um, there's, a, like, 90% of this game you could cut, and overall, to the overall canon of the series, it doesn't matter. Metal Gear Solid 1, 4, and 3 are so important to the overall series as a whole. The Patriots, the Philosophers, and Peace Walker, and all that, the backstory of Zero and all that kind of stuff... Is it understood that he had that in mind when he made Metal Gear Solid Two? No, or that's him filling in the gaps on how the Patriots. That's him Patriots. filling in the gaps okay. and him feeling like he has a need to connect all these games. Right. And that's the biggest complaint with Metal Gear Solid Four from a lot of people, including myself, yes. was the Patriots and like the Snake crew from Metal Gear Solid Three never needed to be connected. No, I thought the Patriots were far more interesting when they didn't have a human element behind them. 
if you just said at some point the U.S. government commissioned the, the and that's how it was in Metal Gear Solid yeah. 3. If you beat Metal Gear Solid 3, you have a timeline that comes down because he thought this was the last game. Of course, <laughs> he always does. <laughs> so when you're when you're reading the Metal Gear Solid 3 timeline as it comes yeah. down the credits, it makes the perfect series lead. It's like philosophers like make the money, so philosophers <laughs> lose the money. Yeah, they get the money. Patriots are formed. Ten years later, Patriots AI are commissioned. U.S. government gives full control to the AI. Boom, done. That's your series. Yeah. It's, it's clean cut. It's it's organized. It's perfect. It's when he decided that the Patriots, how their creation came about, uh, fucking zeros like who was like this dude that loves James Bond. Like yeah. they're like Signet who just talks to you the entire game. <laughs> I'm going to a different game. Yeah, now. we have, we do have to wrap it up. Final right, thoughts. Yeah. yeah. On the Patriots. Fuck them. <laughs> Final thoughts on the Patriots. Uh, I love Metal Gear Solid 2. I think it's one of the best games in the series, bar none. Um, just because how unique, different, uh, and how daring it is. I can say that, having played it in 2018, yeah. when I didn't have the emotions that people did, did have in, in the 2001. Time. Yeah. So I knew that after Metal Gear Solid 2, I was going to be playing Metal Gear Solid 3, and I'm going to be happy. Yeah. So, yeah, Fair. I love Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, I think it's really weird, really unique. Well, next week, we begin talking about uh, the best snake, and that is Naked Snake. I give my life, I give my not for honor, but for you. I fucking love that song. Uh, at Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. LeahTissyIceberg.com is my email address. Hit us up there. Sultans of Slam this weekend. We got the big show. We got Shaquille O'Neal. We got, it's going to be wild, man. Uh, good good stuff, lots of stuff to talk about there. And look forward to next week where we start talking about my favorite Metal Gear Solid. And I think the same for most of you, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Look for that. Thanks for signing up for myself, Lee, and for Reed. That's been the Public Beta Podcast.